Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian and Aria. Artificial so-called intelligence. Uh, we've talked about the uh, the art generation aspect of it, which is pretty fun and pretty interesting. And pretty good. And really good. And then there's, uh, we covered briefly the AI-generated music, and that's eh, not so good at this point. It's I haven't not... messed with it. Maybe a musician could make something better happen with it, than, but maybe I, I don't know. It needs some work, uh, but you know, these things are... Pretty early on, all things considered, they're going to get there. It's not going to be uh, as streamlined or as intelligent like a, an AI art generation bot. You could tell it, hey, I want a, a skeleton standing on a cliff or whatever, and it mm-hmm. will understand that. But if you tell it, hey, I want a song about a skeleton standing on a cliff, it's not going to have any idea what to do with that. Uh, I, I presume. I mean, it, we only spent like one brief episode talking about that aspect of it because it really wasn't that interesting. But then there's also the chat uh, robots that are out there, and we've explored a few of them. There was one from Meta. There's another one called uh, Replica. There's mm-hmm. one called Emerson. There's this chat GPT thing that has really kind of taken uh, the world by storm to some extent in recent months. And it's been pretty fascinating. But one of the things that kind of uh, got this whole thing started before the summer of last year was the idea of deep fakes and deep fakes have been kind of out there for a few years now at least publicly people have been taking um, actors faces and then trans in, uh, transposing them onto other actors bodies yeah I wanted to run a deep fake for mayor here in Keene but you know I, I ended up not having the time and the resources and the energy to like do that but you do that- still have to have some pretty impressive processing capabilities I think. also true I, I probably would not have been able to pull it off but the idea was there and that would have been a lot of fun to just make this normal john everyman kind of person to run for mayor in Keene, and this is not even a real person it could happen at some point i mean right. it's an interesting idea probably something that someone else will run with at some point and then, I hope so. and then it'll make headlines but uh the deep fake technology is pretty amazing and it's if you saw the um, the Trump one that the folks from South Park did a couple of years ago, and what was it called? Sassy think- Justice. That's what it was called. They made like a full-on 14-minute long uh, short film, which starred Donald Trump as this investigative reporter in like a Montana or Wyoming town or something like that. And it involved other people as well that were deep fakes. They had Mark Zuckerberg uh, in there in one of the roles. And then I think Julie Andrews uh, as well, the actress, who's I think deceased at this point. But young, young Julie Andrews was uh, was in it. So the whole point of it was just to show off how impressive this technology was. And it wasn't animated? Was. It was like... It was, it was actual humans. Wow. Well, not actual well, humans, right. but generated humans by this de- deep fake technology. It was the point of it was just to show off what they could do. You know, they threw a few million bucks at uh, the production, and they came out with an amazing thing. So, you know, the one of the things that the deep fakes were missing was the audio. You had to get somebody who sounded like the person in order to do the audio track for the video. The video looked like Donald Trump in this role as this TV reporter with different hair. And but it didn't, you know, it wasn't Donald Trump actually doing the voice and it wasn't an AI generated Donald Trump doing the voice. It was somebody who was a Trump impersonator basically doing the voice, if I recall correctly. But now we could have an AI doing the voice of Donald Trump. Yes. In fact, last night, uh, Bonnie and I were talking about the, you know, the AI technology getting to the point where 
we're not going to be able to tell what is real. I mean, like we're on the cusp of that right now. It, it is to the point where the technology exists to be able to duplicate somebody's voice. And the news was last night that we were sharing was that Microsoft has now gotten it down using their AI technology to where all you need is a three second clip of somebody's voice and they claim they can get all the intonations and all the subtleties <laughs> of that person's voice from just a three-second clip. So it used to be you that's had to provide... That's crazy. I, I don't doubt it, but man, that's crazy. Yeah. but I mean, So prior to that announcement, it used to be that you had to provide significant data input, significant recordings. You know, the longer you had, the, the better it was going to be, obviously. But now they're saying three seconds is all they need. So here's a story from Yahoo News, and I guess this is the UK Independent. A man sits close to a microphone stand. Tears fill his eyes. He puts his head in his hands. It's so embarrassing, he says. It's gross, and I'm sorry. Behind him, his wife wipes away tears with a crumpled tissue. A few days earlier, Brandon Ewing, known as Atrioc to his followers, on the streaming platform Twitch, had shared his screen during a live video. Oh, I heard about this. He was watching a fake porn of some friend of his. I Some mean, other uh, Twitch be, stars, yeah, apparently. A, well, he's it's like the girl's boyfriend is supposed to be his best friend. She they baked him a cake for his wedding oh, and really? didn't charge him or something like that. So it was really shady of him to have been watching this in the first place. And Interesting. This, this dude, her boyfriend, spends lots of money getting her image and her fake, you know, pictures and videos scrubbed from all of these websites, and then his best friend allegedly mm. is out there watching the videos. Oof. Yeah, it's kind of screwed up. That's well, the extent of what I know about it. I don't know any of these people's names. Yep. I just watched it play out on Twitter. Well, apparently his name is Atrioc. Uh, that's his username. One of the visible open tabs showed a paid access porn site specializing in AI-generated sexual images, otherwise known as deepfakes. Viewers of the stream screenshotted the leak, then widely shared the site, images from it, and the names of the women who were deepfaked. Ewing had accidentally revealed he had been looking at deep fake pornography of two other popular Twitch uh, streamers, Maya Higa and Pokimane. Neither had consented to their likenesses being used for sexually explicit material. Well, it's not really something you can consent to or not consent to. It's Indeed. You don't have any control over what someone chooses to draw. That is the point of this whole discussion is people are getting upset. Well, that about sucks this. for them. And I'm sorry that this is frustrating for you, but as you pointed out, Arya, your image is out there. You are, you wanted the attention, yep. right? Like you decided, oh, I'm going to make money by streaming video games online. I'm going to go put my face on Twitch and have millions of viewers. I, I know the name Pokimane because somebody called in years ago and pretended to be her when they called our show, and nice. we kind of interviewed the fake uh, Pokemane right. caller, and so I, I know she's a very popular Twitch streamer. She is, and you're absolutely right. There are Twitch streamers out there who don't ever put their voice on stream, who don't ever put their face on stream. Mm. It's just them playing a video game. and it's They can't be very popular. It's tremendously dull. No one watches yeah, it, because right. it's not entertaining, right? So, but, yeah, you want to connect, quote-unquote connect, even though they don't know who you are. You want to know who that person is. Yeah, you that parasocial relationship. You want right. to exploit that as the content creator. And you, as the viewer, want to see that person react. That's why it's useful to see their image on the, yeah. the screen, if they're scared at a horror game you want to see them jump back and shriek or or if they're you know whatever that kind yeah, of thing, a lot right? of them are just basically actors 
I don't know if that's true. I mean, they may be giving genuine reactions when they're... I think uh, they play them up these, a lot of true. times. Yeah. Knowing that, it gets more results. So she put herself on... These girls put themselves on the internet, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of video of them. There's a lot of imagery of them out there. And on the one hand, it has made the, a career for them. They have become successful live streamers doing something that many people wish they could do, You know, wish they could make money by playing video games online. But the dark side of it is is you've exposed your image to the internet. Yeah. So, like, it's a double-edged sword. We- I don't know how to tell her this either, but the people watching this part of this fake, this AI porn of her, they don't need the porn in order to do what it is they're doing to That's her true. image. Yeah. It just makes it easier. Right. I mean, in the old days, someone would do it the hard way by taking a still frame of the person, going into Photoshop, cutting their head out and finding yeah. a matching image of, uh, or close enough matching image to some porn actress, of which there are millions and then put pasting and making it look like that was originally the the girl in question, the, uh, the, the streamer or whoever. While the motivation behind making, commissioning, or consuming deepfake porn may be sexual gratification or for a laugh or a twisted desire for control and power over women's bodies. Alternatively, get ahead of this. This would be the better solution. Get ahead of it. Get open, start yourself in OnlyFans, right? The the solution to all of these problems, you don't want fake porn out there, make real porn. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that that's a solution to this problem because, first of all, a lot of the people on OnlyFans don't make any money, right? Like it's very there's very very little money to be made because there's sure, so much if, porn. But if Pokemon, if people want to see Pokemon naked yep. and they have this this fake porn to choose from, or her actual OnlyFans. Almost everyone will go to her actual OnlyFans to see the real images and the real videos. Maybe so, but she can make money without having to take her clothes off. That's yeah, why the, she doesn't. Yeah, but the porn's still out there, and right. now it's fake, and it's she's still upset be out about there it. anyway. Because then, if she doesn't do what somebody wants her to do, sure. or whatever, which you know, we're not going to get into detail about those things that people might want, then somebody can just have the fake, Absolutely. the fake one, do that. But so, it could definitely decrease the quantity of the I fake porn. I don't, I, think. I don't know if it, if it would, and I don't think it's really. Uh, I mean, there, obviously she could do that, but is it really going to increase the revenues to her? And I don't think it's a matter of increasing the, the revenue as much as it is, you know, if, if there's going to be porn of me out there on the internet and I have two options, I can either put it out there myself or I can let fake porn of me get thrown out there, then I'm going to choose option A, which at least has the possibility of throwing me some money. Yeah. I, I just feel like if if your calling is to do something else, then you don't want to do porn, right? Like she Fair. wants to go and play video games online or whatever it is she does, IRL streaming or whatever it is, and she doesn't want to do those things, and that's fine. The The solution is to just simply just live with it, you know? This is also the new, valid. This is the new reality, and you complaining about it isn't going to solve this problem. You hiring lawyers to go after websites isn't going to solve this problem. We'll get into what these people think they can do about it here in a moment. The no, it's, this is all protected, right? Uh, everything here would be protected by the First Amendment. It's art. If it's even located in the United States. And hasn't the Supreme Court like run against this repeatedly, where the, the, the line between art and pornography gets blurred, and even the Supreme Court of the United States hasn't been able to definitively define it? I think that's true. Um, there is the argument that, at least as far as non-public persons are concerned, now, Pokemon would be considered a public personality. She's on Twitch. But as far as like if this was your next door neighbor or something like that, that you you've got their picture and you put it into this, then the argument would be that you're profiting from someone's likeness 
without their or you're using someone's likeness without their permission there is i believe some or there are some sorts of protections in u.s law for that okay um whether it would apply here or not i don't know those protection probably shouldn't exist anyway i tend to agree with you there uh so they say here while the motivation may be various different things here uh the imagery is often used to intimidate and harass the women whose likenesses have been appropriated essentially deep fakes are post-truth sex tapes Artificial intimate images weaponized to tarnish women's reputations, silence them, or extort money. Well, why can't this be done to men? I mean, clearly this this can and will and probably is being done to men because there's certainly plenty of, you know, gay guys out there who want to look at gay porn or whatever. But I hate this concept of this post-truth era. Like, it's a new thing. People believe the world was freaking flat and the... Mm. And the sun orbited the earth for thousands of years. And there's no truth in that. People have believed things that are false all the time. Sure. People have been unable to tell the difference between reality and fiction all the time. The Salem Witch Trials, the Spanish Inquisition. All of these other examples of people seeing a thing and not understanding it and believing something completely different had happened have been going on for thousands of years. This thing where someone watches a video and, oh, did this really happen? That's not new. I have no um, desire to watch this. I, I don't understand the appeal of this, right? Like, okay, so Pokimane's pretty, I guess. I, I don't know off the top of my head what she looks like, but I imagine if she's a successful— She's kind of Asian-looking. If she's a successful streamer, she's probably yeah. pretty. Yeah. I, but, like, what makes her unique versus every other the porn actress other out there? Yeah. Asian porn or whatever. Yeah, I just don't understand the appeal. Like, is it because it's her? But it's not her. There's long been a fascination with celebrity porn. Uh, there's, I remember years ago when we were, uh, I think it was when we were a local show, we had a co-host named Torgo who was friends with a site called Mr. Skin. And he actually had this Mr. Skin guy on his show at one point to just interview him regularly about, like, celebrity pornography it wasn't quote-unquote pornography it was just like at that time it was just freeze frames of celebrities in like nude scenes in their their movies right and the and this website probably still exists mr skin well obviously Uh, there's something good about that it was a catalog of all these actors and actresses and where they were nude and i believe (laughs) images of them being nude in these so the Whatever you're you're confused about, I think is just related to that. It's just simply the the fascination with celebrity, right? And so Twitch streamers are the new celebrities. They in some cases can be more popular than some of the old celebrities of back in, you know, the nineties or the the aughts, people who were in movies before it became possible to just simply start set up a cheap hundred dollar webcam and just start putting you know endless amounts of video online to become all of a sudden you know you have millions of followers some percentage of those people are going to want to see you naked that's just sure. they're into you and right. and you are the fuel that they use for their sexual pleasure their self-pleasuring that's just the reality of right. it. right i get that i i i guess i get that i, I don't know so if i get that or not being it able seems to, to deep fake those people just takes it to uh the next level you know, I understand that from the from Pokemon's perspective or the, the creator's perspective, so to speak, where the, okay, I exist, I'm out here doing this thing, some number of people are going to be out there using me for their pleasure, right? Guaranteed. Yeah. But I, I understand it from that perspective. What I don't understand is their perspective, their, their the motives. User. Yeah. I don't understand what the appeal is for them versus, you know, whatever else they may want to look for that's legit and real. 
this is becoming probably more popular than we even realize. Not only is there news coverage about it, but one of the other aspects of AI pornography generation is, in a lot of cases, it doesn't have to involve real people. So there was some images that were shown on, I think it was in one of our chat rooms on the chat server at chat.freetalklive.com, where they put a link to some images that were generated by Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion is an AI image generator, and people have um, uncensored versions. So like the normal Stable Diffusion is sort of the training set that it has doesn't have nudity in it, so you can't get it to generate naked pictures. But somebody figured out a way to send it a trained (laughs) set that you can have it generate naked pictures of completely fake people. Completely okay. computer generated people, and you know, no the, harm, no foul, right? And the well, right, because they're not real people, right? right even so, if they are, I mean, they're still just paintings. But they're uh, they're just completely computer generated women. Will they look similar to real life women? Heck yeah, they do. They yeah. look a lot like real people. Like it's pretty good. Like we know that the AI is not so great at fingers at this point. Like it can't usually put five fingers or four fingers and a thumb on a hand. It's not very good at that. There might be like seven fingers or ten fingers or something like right. that. But those things are going to get solved in probably in relatively short order. But, but from the point of view of the the consumer, the user, or whatever, it's irrelevant to me whether these porn actresses are real in the first place. You know, like mm-hmm. when I go to Pornhub.com, every actor, every video I watch could be a fake actresses. Indeed, and you I would never know. I would never know, and it would be meaningless to me if they were. Right. I, I suspect the the streamer thing that's going on here has a lot to do with that parasocial relationship that we mentioned earlier, where they feel like. They have some sort of connection to her, and that makes her more of a girl next door. It gives her more Could of be. a girl next door appeal or right. something like that. Yeah, and people would absolutely use this on the girl next door if they got a picture of the girl sure next they do. door. You know? <laughs> uh, so so the, how does Stable diff- Diffusion's nudity generation end up going? I mean, with is it? It's happening. I mean, okay. I, there are, there's like whole communities out there of... People who are sharing their AI-generated porns, with which don't have anything to do with real-life people, that are just completely generated. And that's, that's crazy. I, I love human beings, right? Because that's what we do. We get AI. We, we, we invent the internet, the tool, mm-hmm. the sum of all human knowledge. We fill it with porn. We invent yep. artificial intelligence. What did we We use it to generate more porn. Well, what was it that made uh, VHS beat the beta tapes back in the in the 1980s? It was, was it the porn? porn shows, VHS. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Cyprian, who is a former co-host here on Free Talk Live, makes a relevant point here about this whole AI trend, things that are going. And he says the Skynet robots in the movie Terminator had to expend massive energy and resources to eliminate the human resistance. The actual AI singularity will use VR e-thoughts to virtually eliminate all human reproduction in a single generation. Nonviolent, scalable, and incredibly cheap. I don't know what he means by that. So a virtual uh, e-thought, a VR e-thought. An e-thought would be a a girl. That that hoe over there. Right, thank you. Uh, That hoe over there is what thought is, is short for. And now they have the ability to simply generate a fake e-thought, a, a, an electronic girl, right? So prior to AI, there were plenty of e-thoughts. They, a lot of these girls streaming on Twitch, for instance, would be probably described as that. These I suspect Pokemon was an e-thought. Girls whose job it is to provide 
not sexual temptation per se. That's not their job. That's not what they're trying to do. I don't think some. Well, Amaranth, I think, is another example of one who they're is. They're trying to be pretty and they're yeah. trying to look nice for a camera. Some of them use sex more than others. Let's say that. Sure. Right? Some of them are more, you know, showing more cleavage and that sort of thing. Um, and so they pander to this online community of males, mostly, uh, who are what they would call simps for these people, meaning that they want attention from the girl who's on the camera. And in the world of uh, Twitch or YouTube streaming or whatever, they, they send money. And, and that's how they get that that's attention. That's how they get the attention. <laughs> they send gifts and money and things like that. Uh, and that's that's the relationship, quote unquote. As you described it, parasocial is the terminology that describes a one-to-many sort of relationship where it seems intimate, meaning that the person might be showing, quote-unquote, intimate things in their life, like they're making food in the kitchen or they're going on a walk or whatever it is that they're taking the dog out, uh, whatever it is that they're doing, and the person on the video believes that they're part of that. They feel as though that they're part of that, even though the person who's, uh, who is creating the video content has no idea who these people are. And a lot of the people who are making the AI apparently don't know what they have either. Like, there's, uh, I forget where I read this, but some people don't even understand, like, the engineers who make these systems, in many cases, don't even really understand how they work. I remember the Facebook one, they unplugged it way back in the day, like five, six, seven years ago, Facebook had an early AI, and they unplugged it. Because it invented a language for itself that they Mm, didn't want it to. understand. Yeah. Well, they they were able to figure out, you know, the language, Mm -hmm. but, like... They didn't want a AI powerful enough at that time that it could just invent a new way of communicating and yeah. eliminate the way that humans wanted it to communicate. What happens when the AI is smart enough to upgrade itself, which is basically the singularity, right? Yep. And then it can change itself without you know, having to ask your permission. You don't know what it's doing necessarily to change itself. You may not be able to comprehend uh, the changes that it makes if it's getting smarter as it's able to and can sort of iterate itself over and over again and improve itself and fix its bugs, it may become so smart so quickly and so out of like whatever quote-unquote control that people have tried to put on it. It could be very, very interesting. Yeah, and I don't think we'll be able to recognize the singularity until long after after it has happened. So in the wake of last week's Twitch scandal, a number of content creators have spoken out, many of whom didn't know they'd also been featured on deepfake porn sites. Pokimane, one of the streamers shown on uh, this other streamer's deepfake porn tab, tweeted, quote, stop sexualizing people without their consent, unquote. And you can tweet as hard as you want, sweetie. (laughs) Good luck. You have no control over other people sexualizing you. Another streamer known as Brooke AB asked, quote, how long are we going to accept that being stalked, harassed, sexualized is, quote, just part of being a woman on the Internet? Hold on. Those are all very different things. Stalked yes. and harassed, Th- those are crimes, yep. those are acts of aggression, and those are not acceptable. Agreed. But being sexualized, that's just someone's opinion of you, how someone is reacting to you. You don't have any control over that or any right to get offended over it. Certainly not if you put your picture out on the internet, yeah. right? Like, or if you walk outside your house. If you don't want someone to sexualize you, male or female, I, I know they're acting like, oh, it's only women that this it's happens to. mostly women, though. I, g- I get what you're saying, but it can happen the, uh, the yeah. other way around. If you don't want someone to be attracted to you, then don't try to look attractive and don't be seen. These people can complain all they want. And all they are really doing is bringing attention to the fact that there's porn of them out there on the Internet somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I never knew this stuff existed. I never cared. I still don't care that this stuff exists. I care because of the sociological impact of AI and AI porn. Yeah. But like... 
I don't care to go watch this crap. No, nope, but somebody does. Yeah, and now, now plenty more people are aware of it. Who it never occurred to them. You know, these millions of people following Pokemon. Maybe it never occurred to them to go see her naked. But these girls seem to think they can shame these individuals. These anonymous internet dudes. They or have whoever. Eve thoughts. They're not capable of feeling shame. They think they can shame them, though, into stopping this behavior. Here's what QT Cinderella said to the people currently consuming deepfake porn. Quote, if you're able to look at women that are not selling themselves or benefiting off being uh, being seen sexually or platforming it themselves, you are the problem. You see women as objects. You should not be okay doing that. Unquote. See, it sounds like what it sounds like her solution, her ideal solution would be to put this out there herself. Her Her main issue seems to be. A more sex positive approach to it that, you know, the, the issue here is that they didn't consent to it and they're not getting paid for it. Well, hmm. you could get paid for it, girl. You you could make lots of money off of it. Could she, though? Probably, I mean, probably because she already has a following. Right. But um, you know, I don't know if I can extrapolate that from what she said. I think she's just saying that if you're looking at like she's acknowledging there are women who are getting paid or trying to get paid to make naked pictures. They're still of being viewed as sexual objects, though. The, the fact that they're getting paid for it isn't changing anything. Yet, rather than acknowledging these women's pain at having their images manipulated and distributed or recognizing the central issue of consent, many responses displayed a disturbing lack of empathy. Gee, are you really seriously the Internet with no empathy towards others? I'm shocked. I suspect it's about to call us out. This story? Yeah. No. no. I, you know, they, there's all these people out there on the internet saying that they don't have a right to their images once they put them online or whatever. Right. Uh, there's going to be some similar responses to what we've been saying here. Moore didn't seem to understand the realities of sexual harassment. Replies to Pokimane often seem to accuse her of hypocrisy, with one asking, isn't sexualizing yourself why you're popular? Yeah. Another, yeah. Another <laughs> demanded to that she, quote, stop telling people how to live their lives and argued that, quote, all of your success is from being sexualized. Now, maybe she would disagree with that. Again, I having not actually ever seen her doing her show. I know there's a girl that's been posted on our chat server named Amaranth, and she is definitely all about using her body to sell her imagery, right? Like, she's always got cleavage going on. She's skimpily, you know, clad as much as possible, as, as much as she can legally get away right. with. In fact, she, I think she even got banned on Twitch for, like, having a nip slip or something like that. Something Ac- happened. Quote, accidentally. Yeah, accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, there's definitely some women who try to do that. Non-consensual taking and sharing of intimate images is abuse. Apparently, this is an opinion article, not a uh, news story. It's not consensual taking of images, though. These are not images of Pokimane naked or any of these others naked. You don't own your visage, okay? You don't. You put it online. It's available for everyone. This is the same thing as the whole artist's upset at AI artwork. Oh, God! It took my images and it's using them for inspiration. Yeah, that's kind of expected when it comes to artists out there artists are inspired by other artists work and that's the way it's always been from day one but these these artists are having a cow on the internet over the fact that some machine has now been inspired by them and can crank out artwork that may be similarly inspired like you can usually with the ai generators you can type in a user or a uh, an artist's name and it'll come up with like picture of a house by a lake in the style of pablo picasso and then 
You get yeah. what the artist, the uh, AI thinks that Pablo Picasso would have made a house by a lake image. Yeah, so and like. They draw these fake distinctions between, oh, well, there's a difference between how humans are inspired and learned from the works of previous artists. But no, no, there's not. There's AI out there generating music. I told it to write me a song in the style of Tool. It would be indistinguishable for me going home and writing a song in the style of Tool. It's not that complicated of a thing, and it's not hard for an AI to learn from the, the key elements of a person's art style in the same way that a human does. So this, in the same way that this situation with these upset women, uh, look, this you should really look at this as a sign of success. You should like the, the fact that somebody has cooked up a fake image of you topless and now doing straight up porn uh, with your image on it is an indicator that you made it, girl. You you've got it. You know, you've got so much success that there are that many fans out there that they're making fake videos of you in. You know, revealing positions. But that's just the, that's the new world. That's the world we're in. As you mentioned, though, that's not even the real world. I, how did, like, Natalie Portman and these other celebrities from 15, 20 years ago or whatever deal with it when it was happening to them? Is it just that Pokemane and people like them? They're just not, they're not used to they're being used in to the it. public eye to that extent? Or, I mean, what, what's uh, going, why is it so different for them it than so it was for, for That's a good question. Part of the problem, they say, is that laws constantly lag behind both technology and reality. Often the creators and distributors of deepfake porn can only be pursued if their sharing of doctored images goes hand-in-hand hand with blackmail or other forms of harassment. This can leave those who are targeted with little choice but to attempt to have content taken down themselves, as though the government is going to somehow make this problem go away. There or are better. They're just going to make things worse. Probably. There are signs, however, that deepfake porn is finally beginning to be taken seriously by lawmakers. Last autumn, the British government announced it would be criminalizing non-consensual deepfake pornography as part of their controversial online safety bill. Deepfake porn can often feel like an intractable problem as technology advances far quicker than legislature can be pushed through. Yet as laws attempt to play catch-up, it is... It's even more important that culture more broadly undergoes a shift because really this isn't about AI or technology at all, but about consent and how women's bodies are thought of as fair game. And again, I understand why this person feels the way that they do. And again, this article was written by a woman, Eloise Hendy, from the, uh, the UK Independent. I get why you feel the way that you do, but the fact is all humans... Are virtu- you know are potentially available for sexualization, right? Like yeah. it's not just a woman thing. There are men out there who are sexualized. There are people out there that are attracted to men, and they will absolutely sexualize them. They will make pornographic images of them, and it is just a. And I wouldn't even say it's a problem per se. It's a problem if someone actually commits rape. It's a problem if someone actually kidnaps you and holds you against your will and forces themselves upon you against your will. That's a problem. That's a real crime. Yeah, the article here mentioned that, uh, you know, uh, how did they put it? The people's women's bodies are being shown without their consent or something to that effect. But that's not what's happening here. No, it's a Pokemane's body has never been put out there without her consent. Correct. So we can't muddy these concepts for the sake of this journalist, right? We have to keep those things separate. It's not her body to consent to it. Some porn actresses. Or a completely computer-generated one. Yeah, and in which case, no consent from Pokemane is required. 
It's not her body. Yeah. What happens if uh, we take to go back to the issue of whether it's art or not, and looking at the question of the you know the fake painting, etc. What if we use Pokemon uh, Pokemane's image but change the eye color? Is that still Pokemane? Good question. And is it suddenly acceptable if prior to that it was not acceptable? And what? How far away from Pokemon do we have to get? Mm-hmm. We'll give her a scar. Yeah, before <laughs> right, a if, tattoo where she didn't have one before. Now is it Pokemon? Is it acceptable to have somebody who's a lookalike do pornography? Because that's probably happened, right? Like I suspect there's there's probably pornography out there where you know pre deepfake where they hired a girl that looks a lot like Pamela Anderson or looks a lot like you you fill in the blank your favorite right. uh, commercial actress. At what point does that cross the line? I would suggest that it probably doesn't at any point. It doesn't cross any legal line. No, all they're doing is is making a false claim. And it's not even a fraudulent claim or an actionably fraudulent claim because it's not meant to be legally binding. I think this is a fascinating uh, subject, and it is one that is likely going to become more prevalent as time goes on. Because, again, this isn't just the online streamers that are going to be suffering from this. As the article does reference, it could be anyone. Anybody that's got an image of a person that they want a computer to generate pornography from, it can be done. There are websites that are that will do it for you. I don't know what they charge, but there's some amount, and some people are going to be willing to pay it to see what their next door neighbor looks like, or their coworker looks like, or the you know the the person that checks them out at the grocery store looks like, or whatever. Right? Like, there's going to be those people who are going to pay for this, and there's not going to. First of all, most of them aren't going to know. Chuck is in Washington State. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. You know, something tells me that this is not going to be a a problem that affects people that want to be associated with male or a masculine type of persona. Because, you know, to be quite honest with you, with all the Pornhub type of stuff that I have ingested over the last couple of years, it occurred to me that uh, the male... Uh, partner in the whole scenario very sho- very rarely shows the face, and it's just like the torso or the upper leg. You know what I'm saying? And it's always the woman that has the face and the everything. You know, everything about her is interesting, I suppose. But in these uh, heterosexual type of uh, porn genre, I guess you could say, it's very rarely that the male. Uh, I, I just don't see unless. He's got, like, some kind of weird tattoo. And there was always a Russian tattoo. Have you ever noticed that? He's got uh, some Russian I jail tattoo. don't know. I... Come on. Come on. You know what I'm talking no, about. I do not know what you're talking about. Um, so here's the thing. You're not going to have to worry about me uh, being on any kind of porn, I don't think, unless they want to see a werewolf or something like that. I'm a pretty hairy guy. That's the other thing. Um, okay. I I don't know why you threw that out there, but okay. Have you noticed, Arya, that the two calls we've gotten on this have basically been guys giving us their kind of porn preferences, essentially? (laughs) I I have not noticed. Ricky called in, and he he was going to call about something else. He changed his topic to start going off about how he's so familiar with uh, celebrity sex tapes and started naming them uh, for us. And then Chuck in Washington just started describing... How the guys look in the, uh, the, por- the porn that he's watched on Pornhub. There was an article written by Dakara, dakara.substack.com, spelled D-A-K-A-R-A. It's way too long 
to the point we're not going to be able to get through it, but it's got some really interesting ideas, and I think it'll spark some interesting discussion on this topic of artificial intelligence and kind of where this is all going, right? Because we okay. can see, it's easy for us to see where it is now. A lot of our listeners don't know, because if you're not paying attention to this technology, you don't know how good it is. You don't know. I mean, you just gave us a bad example of uh, AI From porn. three years ago, though. Right. Well, I'm not talking about porn now. I'm talking about AI image generation, AI chat technology, AI affecting things that we haven't even predicted yet. Where is it now? Where is it going to go? And uh, i got to give credit to Cyprian for recommending this story. I read it in full over the weekend, and I uh, thought it was pretty fascinating. So I want to share it with you and get your, your thoughts, uh, Aria. And, of course, the phones are open at 603-283-6160. So he or she writes, AI has matured into a technology that is about to change the very fabric of society, culture, and civilization. I certainly hope so. I mean, it's not impossible, and it could go countless different directions, but right. Yep. AI, puts, it does put us at that threshold where like, we could have a scarcity solved, where we could have AI and robots just doing all the necessary work, making sure all the humans have all the food we need and all the energy that we need and all the other crap that we need. Uh, but it's going to require enslaving them, and I think that's probably going to lead to problems further down the road. However, we, we AI does put us at that possibility. Of, for the first time in human history, it makes it possible for someone to just not work, to just dedicate their lives to being an artist, no matter how terrible they are but at it. But does it? It that's could. The que- that's the question, or one of the questions, that Dakara is going to uh, examine here in this story. So we'll get into that. So it's still hard to fathom exactly how far AI will be able to reach into every aspect of our lives, or even if it has any limits at all as to what it will affect in some way. Not only may it result in the greatest change ever, but also at the most rapid pace of any disruptive technology to date. It will be unlikely we'll be able to plan for the disruption, as it will simply happen before anyone can reason about what is likely to happen next or what to do about it. You talk about government being slow to re- you know, respond to Bitcoin 10 years later? They sure as hell aren't going to be able to respond to AI. No, I think government's immaterial to the question, right? Like Once this singularity, as it happens, occurs, once AI develops the ability to improve itself and uh, to do so in an uncontrolled way... That's it. It's going to go from zero to a thousand miles per hour in minutes yeah. because it, it operates at a speed that human beings simply can't. Any such planning efforts as a result will be obsolete before they even begin. It's unclear as to exactly what unfolds on this particular path we're traveling. Predictions will vary from world ending to utopian dreams, right? So that's the other side of what you were just yep. talking about. What follows in this post is merely an exploration of thought. Although these are possibilities I can perceive, none of them may come to pass. Nonetheless, we need exploration and thought-provoking debate in this area in order to hopefully guide us towards the beneficial versus the destructive utilization of this technology. There may be views within this article that are contradictory. That's expected as this is just an exploration and we don't know what's going to actually unfold. The attempt is to try and perceive possibilities both positive and negative in order to facilitate further discussion and conversation. So, uh, Dakar predicts the four phases of AI adoption. At a macro scale, we might say there are four phases to the adoption of AI. This isn't a formal definition, but rather a conceptual abstraction useful to organize some thoughts around how the future technology might advance. There's no time frame assumed as to how quickly or how long a phase may take. It is at this point unknown. Our ability to see the outlook will likely change as we further advance along this path. We enter the last phase when AI begins to surpass AGI, which is Artificial General Intelligence, or what is considered the point that a machine 
can learn anything that a human can learn. So that would be the the singularity, right? Where the machine, the AI is as smart as a human and can then begin programming itself and it can upgrade itself without human interaction. That's the point. Now, are we to that point yet? I think there's going to be differing opinions on that. But he lays out these different phases. One, phase one, utilization. In the utilization phase, individuals begin to use AI for increased productivity. So we're here now. Creating without effort might not be the new era of enlightenment for which some are hopeful. Exactly what kind of Pandora's box have we opened? Highly disruptive and innovative technology always brings about the unexpected. We will likely not foresee changes that are coming as the new patterns and interactions formed within society will be too complex and unpredictable. Previously, social media has had one of the biggest impacts on society in ways that weren't apparent beforehand. It has allowed individuals like, right, for instance, like when you joined MySpace or Facebook, could you have had any idea of what was coming, where the U.S. federal government was going to come in and, you know, try to take over and, you know, force their viewpoint to be crammed down people's throats through these these systems and that uh, they, they'd be data mining you and all the things that ended up sort of coming out of it. Maybe to an extent, I, I think we we could have predicted some of this. I, Maybe, like, but most of us were distracted with the ability to connect with our old high school buddies or whatever. It's like, oh, there's Jimmy. You know, I haven't seen him in 10 years. That kind of thing. I just remember writing, you know, maybe 10 years ago that these cell phones that we were carrying around all the time, they were destroying our privacy and they were Trojan horses. Mm -hmm. They they were spyware, pieces of spyware that were constantly monitoring us. And that was... That was true. That was 10 years ago. And now it's just that much worse. I mean, could we have seen the era coming where you can put your phone in airplane mode? You can even turn your phone off, I believe. Don't quote me on that one. But you can put your phone in airplane mode, completely disconnect it. And travel around a city, and as soon as you connect anywhere again, it will immediately tell Google everywhere you went, down to the foot. Mm. Yeah, I think it probably was predictable. But how far into the past could that really have been accurately predicted? I don't know. Social media has allowed individuals to build careers independently, ideas to circle the globe instantly, and stars to arise without the traditional gatekeepers. We were just talking about Twitch streamers, for instance. However, it has also brought about its own set of Orwellian aspects to society. Anxiety, attention and focus disorders, addictions, and other emotion issues have significantly risen due to social pressures and mind hacking for engagement in the online space. Thought control and social engineering has become the norm with the cooperation of corporate and state government institutions. Ownership of the space has become paramount for political control. Even the originally benign attempts at making social media fun and engaging became inadvertent algorithmic tools for manipulation of opinion, as revealed in the documentary The Social Dilemma. Not to mention the Twitter files and what Mm -hmm. we've seen since the pandemic started. AI will likely surpass social media by orders of magnitude in both its ability to provide positive value for individuals, as well as its propensity to become the dark monolith of a dystopian society under the control and manipulation of forces unseen. As revealed in the Twitter files, governments will not be able to resist the allure of a tool that could provide for even greater control than social media. This is essentially regulatory capture for an unofficial regulatory agency, social media slash AI, whose regulatory scope, as seen by government, is societal order. And I saw something the other day that the Biden administration is already ordering some number of billions to be spent on developing AI for government purposes. 
we all know this is a Pandora's box, mm-hmm. and we're going to open it anyway. That's right. Because we we can't we can't tr- resist. Yeah, we and we can't trust that China won't open it. And Somebody Google, will. Yeah. Google can't trust that Facebook won't open it. Right. right. All of these other companies, these tech companies, these nation states, they can't trust one another to just not do it. So they all want to be the first to do it. Yeah. Yeah, everybody wants that technology boost. Everybody wants that productivity boost. And this is going to give it. Yeah. As it points out here, AI is the great utopia of equality. Everyone finally equalized. Exactly the same ability available to everyone. No amount of training, skill, or time invested will have value that separates you from anyone else. I don't think that's true at all. As you've already mentioned, some people are better at writing prompts than others. So some people will be, it's just a new skill. Some people will be better at using this AI than others. The value we find in life in its part is in part its struggle and competition. I think this is an interesting argument he makes here. It is competition that we enjoy. Thus, why we have sports and contests. AI has no ceiling on its limits. Who will be the greatest artist when anyone can? Who will be the greatest composer when anyone can? And who will be the best impartial judge of such contests? AI? When asking Chad, well, it's already the case that anyone could be the best artist, right? I mean, I don't think this is fundamentally but new. That's, you can't judge who the best artist is because art's within the eye of the beholder. I mean, right. you may like Pablo Picasso, and I might think he's garbage. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, that happens in music, especially. Absolutely. so. Absolutely, everybody's got their own preferences, yeah. and that's that's cool, right? Uh, when asking ChatGPT for similarities of AI and a Twilight Zone episode entitled "A Nice Place to Visit," it responded. Uh, subsequently, quote, so this is ChatGPT speaking here. The episode A Nice Place to Visit from the television series The Twilight Zone is about a man named Rocky Valentine who dies and goes to a place where all of his wishes are granted. In this place, there are no consequences for his actions and he can have anything he wants. The episode has some similarities with concerns about AI that can create nearly anything. Both the episode and the concerns about AI deal with the idea of having the ability to create whatever one desires without any limitations or consequences. In the episode, Rocky Valentine is able to have anything he wants without any repercussions, but eventually he realizes that this existence is not fulfilling and that he needs more than just material possessions to be happy. Yeah, and that makes a good show, but it's nonsense. Why is that? Because if you had any human being the ability to have anything they wanted, whenever they wanted, they would be that stupid rat pressing the cocaine button until they starved to death. That's the point he's trying to make here. But they wouldn't be unfulfilled. They would be smiling the whole time they died. (laughs) Yeah, but they're they're fulfilled in that way that they feel fulfilled because they're on drugs constantly but did they actually contribute something to society did they do something maybe contributing to society isn't how they feel fulfilled that's certainly how i fulfill feel this is hard to say Mm -hmm. that's certainly how i feel fulfilled but that's not for everyone some people they want to have kids and crap like that in order to feel fulfilled there's there has to be a better way to say that I see what you're saying here, but I think that it doesn't dismiss the concern just because some people will want that. I think probably 90 something percent of people would do that. I, I Press the put, button, you yeah. mean? Then that's a concern, right? Like to say well, that. Well, most people are. I don't have a very high opinion of most people. I think most people would sit there pressing the. Just like the rat that ate the. Press the cocaine button and it chose not to eat instead. That's the concern here is that there's going to be some very big changes coming soon. You want to talk about this whole idea of. You know, it's 2030, you own nothing, but you'll be happy. 
that's what he's I think he's getting at here is that this technology will be utilized, whether it's through having the AI uh, replica that's your quote unquote not safe for work girlfriend that you talk to. You're in the metaverse constantly. You're not actually out interacting with real human beings. This is going to make that all the more possible and all the more addictive and all the more attractive. How does a business justify the investment into a product or service that takes months or years to build that can then be copied by an AI by simply asking it to produce a unique version of the same product and service? Presumably, then, the value would then only be in leveraging the increased AI productivity to build larger and more complex systems that would not so easily be duplicated. But is that really possible at the rate of AI advancement? What wasn't previously possible a year ago might then be possible only at the point that you finally finished your development. I didn't. I, I may have an easier time understanding that if I was reading it, but I did not understand that paragraph at all. Uh, the question here is, what is the incentive for a business to invest in research and development if the competitor can simply copy it by just using the AI? Well, exactly. Uh, that lowers the cost. This, there's that's a beautiful, wondrous thing for humanity. Why would a company, you know, invest research and development into curing cancer when an AI can do it instantly, freely, and cheaply and efficiently? Yes, this is not a problem. This is a huge benefit. This is a gift to humankind. Here's your cancer cure. Thanks, artificial intelligence. Sure. Oh God, Johnson and Johnson can't make billions off this vaccine now. What a horrible mm-hmm. tragedy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to AI. I think he's pointing out that if we become completely reliant on it, however, that could be a trap. Yes. Uh, AI also brings into question who is really the creator. Am I the creator if I simply roll the dice until I win the lottery? When I regenerate a new response over and over until finally getting the image or output I most desire? When the output is the final product, is AI still just a tool? Or are we simply observers foolishly convincing ourselves of the value of our contribution. Where's the value in AI creativity? Does it actually create anything? What can be said of artistic works in which the creation was essentially a series of playing at the lottery of the machine until something fantastic emerges? And what he's referring to is the prompting. So when you prompt a AI art generator, for instance, you tell it, I want to see a picture of a dog in a street. And it comes up with what it thinks a dog in a street should look like. But if you don't like that, you can just hit the refresh button and it'll try it again and it'll try it again and again and again until it finally spits something out that is good according to your values. Why is so much value being placed in the idea of being the creator? That's something I'm I'm really struggling with as someone who is a creator. I make a lot of music, not so much these days, but I've, I've realized recently why that is. But my whole life that I've been making music, it was because I was making music that I wanted to listen to. It's immaterial to me, whether it's music that I created or it's music that was written by a perfect circle or Pink Floyd or whoever. If I want to listen to it, I want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Why, why is he placing so much value? And the same is true, I would imagine, of art or stories or movies or whatever. A person consumes what they would like to or creates what they would like to consume or and consumes what they would like to create. What difference does it make if I'm listening to a song that I wrote versus a song that Pink Floyd wrote, if, if I'm enjoying it all the same? What, what difference does who created it have to the equation? I don't I, understand. I think that he's – I can't speak for this guy here, but uh, I think what he's trying to do – and it, he may be somebody that values human-created art more so than the machine-created art. Uh, I think he's just trying to point out here that – he doesn't value the dice roll of the randomness that generates the AI art as much as 
something that is created by a person. I think he's trying to disconnect the person who's typing in a prompt into an AI generator as the actual creator of what comes out. Right. And I, I just think that's a meaningless distinction for him to even want to make in the first place. Does it matter that the person is the creator or isn't the creator or whether the AI is or whether the person who created the AI is ultimately the creator? To me, it's not an important question. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, you guys are just talking about the price of eggs. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day, and I bet him that I think the price of bacon probably went down too. Because if he can't afford the eggs, why are you going to buy the bacon? Well, they say that the eggs were up because of some uh, avian influenza, big problem in the industry recently that has shortened the supply. So eggs have gone up more so than the other items like bacon and produce or whatever. Uh, so it, it has been an unusual category for people. So well, I understand that, but if you're paying eight, ten dollars for a dozen eggs, and you want to have breakfast, but you're on a limited budget, mm-hmm. and you're looking for bacon and eggs, you're going to forego both. I don't know. I mean, if I can only afford one, I might just buy the bacon or buy the eggs, whichever one I want. Yeah, it most. seems to me like if I wanted bacon and eggs, but eggs were eight dollars a dozen, and bacon was still you know cheap, I would just buy the buy bacon. The bacon. Yeah, but bacon hadn't been cheap. But I, I, I was just speculating on the commodity market. All right. Anyway, so we were talking about earlier, you guys were talking about AI. Yes. And uh, they're trying, they are trying to make all of us the, the frog in the boiling pot. We, we cook so long and it becomes so comfortable, we don't even see it coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's long known that they've been trying to dumb us down Hell, you couldn't buy a dictionary for the last 10, 15 years. It took them out of print. They don't want That's to not true. I bought well, one in jail I, last year. Did you? Or 2021. All right. Well, that, that's good to know. That's another one of them urban myths I heard. Yeah. Also, are dictionaries really, like, that useful? In jail, it was well, useful. Okay. Because you can't just look it up a word on the on internet. Okay, fair point. It depends on how old it is, too. I have one of my mother's um, collegiate dictionaries that was printed in, like, 1940-something. And uh, this thing is, hell, four and a half inches thick and printed on rice paper. Well, plus they're important to have those old definitions around still because we've seen in recent years the dictionary publishers have been updating definitions of things like vaccine to be the new versions of what they're defining as vaccines or this, you know, wokeism stuff is being infiltrated into these dictionaries. So if you've got something that was written before, you know, 2020, then it's going to have some different definitions in it. The and and what what has the conquerors done all through history? Burn the books. Yeah, that's true eradicate the history of the people, and they are no more. Well, the victor writes the uh, the history, right? True enough, true enough. And all dead men vote Republican. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.